Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books. I'm your host, Bernadette Walsh, and I am so pleased to be back on the air. I took a little bit of a vacation from Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books between, um, between getting back to school and everything else, but I'm so pleased to finally be back on the air. I have some really wonderful guests scheduled for the rest of the fall, so I hope that you will join me. And, of course, all the updates about all my upcoming shows are on the um, Ni- uh, Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books Facebook fan page and also on the Blog Talk Radio Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books page as well. So I am so pleased to introduce my guests this evening, Kyra J- Jacobs. Kira writes, I'm sorry, her name is Kira. Kira writes contemporary romantic suspense. Her hometown heroes have been published by Kensington Lyrical Press, and she's also recently indie-pressed one of her titles. So, Kira, thank you so much for joining me this evening, and welcome well, to Well, thank you for Girl. having me. Yes, I'm so pleased. You're, you're my first fall guest, so I'm, I'm very excited to have you. And also, you're a fellow Kensington author. That's so, right. So, Kira, maybe we could start with um, telling us a little bit about your writing journey. How long have you been writing professionally? Um, I have been writing and since about 2010. I had a little bit of a mishap with my kids. I've got two young boys, and, and they're very sports-oriented. And uh, we had a an errant fly ball uh, snap my left pinky finger. So um, my, my typical outdoors activities for that summer kind of came to a quick halt. So I found myself sitting in front of my laptop one night going, what am I supposed to do with my time? And I'm a pretty creative person. So I had a a scene come to mind uh, of a story, and I thought, well, yeah, I'll just go with it. So I started typing, and I absolutely fell in love with it. So I I found some local published authors here in Fort Wayne, and, and I asked lots of questions and did lots of studying online on, you know, how to write a novel, because at first it was just a story. You know, and and so, kind of grew the story into a novel, and I got so far and went, oh, it's terrible, and I started over. <laughs> um, and then I I entered a pitch on I think it was Twitter, with lyrical last well, it would have been 2012, and and they picked me up, and I so I've been writing like a madwoman ever since. That's amazing. Now, have you always been an avid reader? I have. Um, I I actually fell away from it a little bit after college. Once we started having kids, you know, you you only have so much time, and 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 I kind of picked it up about five years ago, and and I couldn't believe how much I had missed it. And so it's it's tough now. I love to read, but it's very hard for me to read the same genre that I'm writing. So oh, I kind of have to problem. pick and choose. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. No, I find when I'm in the middle of a book. I actually have to stop reading fiction because I sometimes wind up picking up the voice of the book that I'm reading. Yes. And so often when I'm writing, and especially if I'm in like the midst of the really guts of the story, not when mm-hmm. I'm just doing rewrites, but when you're doing that first draft and you're kind of dredging everything up, I, I can't like I can't interfere with it by reading reading fiction. So I'll wind up reading like biographies, really dry stuff. But um <laughs> because I, I I still always like to read something, but I can't sure. read fiction. So um that's always one of my treats. When I finish my book I get to like I usually have a list of books 
that uh-huh. I'm ready to start reading. So I'm right there with um, you. Yeah, I definitely hear you. And you know, it's funny that I started writing probably maybe maybe a year before you started, 2008, mm-hmm. 2009. And for me, it was something I'd always talked about. It was like always a dream of mine. And But I always kind of thought, well, I'm too busy. You know, I'm working, I have a family, I have this, that, and the other. Oh, and sure. I always thought it was something that I do it like when I retire. And for me, when I turned 40, I was like, you know, why am I waiting till? what am I going to wait another 20 years before I can write? <laughs> and so again, I just, I had an idea that popped in my head and I sat down, I wrote it and um, it really sucked. <laughs> and I figured <laughs> I need a little help. And so I joined my local um, RWA chapter. Now, do you belong to any writing groups? Uh, Actually, yes. Um, There is a local writing group that meets once a month here in Fort Wayne at one of our local Barnes & Noble. And it was actually started by romance author Shirley Jump. And um, she ran that group for seven years, and I joined in. And and we just have all sorts of different topics and different speakers come in. And Shirley moved away last summer, and we're very sad that we miss her so much. But um, actually, she handed the baton to me and said, hey, keep the group going. So I've been trying to bring in speakers, and we have a ton of local talent here. So we've really been able to highlight them and and bring them in. But we have a lot of other local groups I would love to do, but I work full-time. So I can only balance so much. Right. Well, that's really impressive that you took on the leadership role in your writing group. I I know that I have... I'm a major, major slacker in terms of my chapter. I mean, I love my chapter, but if I make it to, like, a meeting every three months, that's a lot, and I certainly Uh have not put as much into it as others. And it's just because you only have so many hours in the day. And exactly. But I really I really do give credit to people who kind of get the writer group together because writers sometimes are a prickly bunch. So, yeah. you know, to get us all to be <laughs> cohesive and, you know, it's it, it's definitely a challenge, I'm sure. Now, you write contemporary romantic suspense. Maybe you could talk a little bit about what that genre entails for people who are not familiar with it and then also why you chose to write in that genre. Okay. Well, I don't know if I can give the, you know, Webster's version of what romantic suspense is supposed to be. I think there's kind of a gray area out there. You've either got romance with suspense or you've got suspense with romance. And I I think when I originally started writing my first story, Armed with Steel, um, I intended for it to be more of a women's fiction Um, And then I started writing, and I fell in love with the the dialogue going back and forth between the hero and the heroine. And so the story kind of morphed into a romance, but I I was dying for the suspense part. Because for me, at that time, a story really sucked me in if I didn't know where it was going. And too often, with a typical romance, there's a a, a heroine and a hero, and you know pretty early on in the story the story's about them. You're hoping for a happily ever after. Sure, they're going to have, you know, roadblocks set up ahead of them, but you kind of know where it's going. And with mm-hmm. the romantic suspense, I, I, it was kind of fun to twist that to, okay, the romance is there, but there's this other bigger picture going on that they're working towards together or not, and and we need to get to the bottom of it. And I love throwing um, false leads out. So I had so much fun writing the first one that when it was time to write the second book, again, I was like, okay, how can I pull in the suspense part? And I don't think Flirting with Fire had quite the 
the ratchet up level of suspense that the first one did. So I'm trying to build a little bit more into the third book now, but I have so much fun with it. It's it's difficult to work those in, and I find a lot of times I have to go back and disguise things a little bit better. I don't want it to be too obvious too early on. Um, but that's kind of that's the romantic suspense part for me. Now, when you wrote your first book, did you intend for it to be the first book in a series, or was it one of those situations where you wrote the first book and then you tried to write something else for your second book, but you were still kind of captured by those those characters? That's a great question. I think at one point I wanted it to be a series, but I didn't understand the quote-unquote rules of romance, and I wanted to keep going with that set of characters. So more like a Stephanie Plum kind of book. Um, where you're following the same characters along. And the publisher at the time said, no, 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 no. <laughs> you you have different sets of him and her in each book. And I was really kind of bummed about that because I really love those characters. So when I actually sat down and wrote a, another book that um, is sitting off the side simmering right now, and then I started another book, and I just, like you said, I, I wasn't, I wasn't, emotionally connected to those. So I went back and I thought, if I turn this into a series, I can resurrect Nate and Jessica, and I can put them in as sub-characters, and then I can kind of keep them alive in my pocket here. (laughs) And so that's kind of how the series sprang forth. So the second book has them a little bit in it. The third book will have them um, quite a bit more because the main character in the one I'm writing now is actually the sister of one of those two. So it's it's been a lot of fun to keep them alive per se, but um, I, I'm I'm getting to the point where I'm comfortable with the series and I'm really itching to start a new one. And I've actually started a new one that is not suspense, and it's it's been a, a big change for me to to kind of put the the mystery part aside. But I, I still had to work in a little bit there, so. Right, right. Well, it's funny. I never heard about that rule for series, and certainly I broke it in my Death and Legacy series. My um, and, and the first book of that series, Devil's Mountain, was supposed to be a standalone. I had no intention of writing a series, but it was just one of those situations where I, tr- I started you know, a different book, and mm-hmm. it just was not coming together for me because I still had those characters in my head, and I still had, for me at least, I worked, that was a paranormal romance, and I had done so much work building that world it seemed a waste not to continue to use it so sure i wound up writing books two book three and i swore that book four would be the end but <laughs> you know people are still talking in my ear so i may do another book but um but i certainly i still had the same characters i mean each book probably had um you know i i mixed up in terms of different main heroines but mm-hmm. you know i had one of my characters, Orla, who's in a lot of in all four books so far, she was the main character in, in books two and three. You know, so I I didn't listen to that rule at all. Well, <laughs> but, good because um, we I need rule breakers. Much, <laughs> yeah, no, I I am not much for rules, and what I think is so great today is, you know, I know that there's rules and there's the happily ever after, but you can tweak them, and I just feel that. Maybe it's because of the electronic publishing and and people are experimenting a little bit more. But I think readers are more accepting of blurred lines and um, you know mixed genres. So oh sure. You know, I think I think we have to write what we feel like writing and what pops into our heads. Now I know that your second book was indie published. 
Mm-hmm. How has that experience been different than being with a publisher, and is that something you see pursuing in the future? That's a great question, too. Um, how is it different? I'm full of them. See, I've well, had them 10 times for the last month, so I've had all these great questions, and you're getting the advantage of them. So oh, hey, fantastic. <laughs> well, it different in it's been different in that it's it's been liberating and that, you know, I got to pick my own title. I got to pick my own cover art, which, oh, my gosh, took forever. But um, it, I, I, so I made it, and I love the cover. It just took a, a lot longer than I thought it would. Um, if I had a question, I, got, I, I didn't have to wait, you know, hours, days, weeks for an answer. I got it by finding it myself. So just a little little different things but on the flip side of that I had to find my own editors I I had to do proofreading I had to figure out how to put it into Kindle I had to figure out create space Um, I'm an IT person so it wasn't tremendously difficult but it was time consuming so the things that as a an author with a publishing house you hand off and you kind of take for granted that you know what they're going to take care of it and I can go work on something else that didn't happen I had to set time aside and and work on it myself it was it it's been fun it's been really um a very big learning experience for me and and kind of a gained a huge appreciation for the work that the publishers do for us and the marketing side of things um, do I see myself going down that road some more? I think the Hometown Heroes collection will continue to be self-pubbed. Um, I don't know that it would be wise to jump back and forth now that I've kind of gone down that road. But for my right. other series, I, I am definitely looking at um, trying to find a publishing house for some of my other ones. So I, I think I'll probably dabble in both. It's, it's a good experience to be out there. And the indie um network out there on Twitter and Facebook. It's so very supportive. And the readers aren't complaining one way or the other. I I don't think anybody, well, I shouldn't say anybody, but I I don't have a lot of friends that go out and go, I think I'm only going to go look up this publisher today and see what's new coming from there. Now, I know there's some diehards. Right, yes. So what's new, what's hot, I'm going to go read it. And and there are some diehard fans of, you know, Harlequin and, and some other Publishers have been around for a long time, and I know they have huge followings. But I know a lot of my friends, they haven't come out and gone, oh, you self-published? I'm not going to read that because you self-published. I think times are changing, so I think people are more open to trying different different backgrounds. Right, right, absolutely. And if you do the work to make it be professional and outsource the things that you can't do well, like, for example, I actually just – self-published my first book, The Girls mm-hmm. on Rose Hill, that came out in August. And I'm not an IT person. I'm a computer illiterate. I really am. <laughs> and so I, I was like, there's no way. And, pe- and so many people were like, oh, it's really easy to format, to Kindle. You just do X, Y, Z. I was like, uh-uh. So <laughs> I paid for someone to do the um, formatting. I paid for someone to do uh, a cover for me. I had mm-hmm. um, a line editor. But it was... Also, this book had been published by another publisher. So in terms of editing, it had already been edited. So it was a pretty good Oh, there you go. So that was easy. But now my second self-published book, Cold Spring, is due out next month. I'm still uh, doing the final, final edits this week. And so it was the same deal, like certain things I felt comfortable doing myself. But all the IT stuff, I, I... 
you know, I, I paid someone to do it. And so it's been really, really exciting. And, you know, it's a little scary because you don't oh, have sure. a publisher doing their thing. But, you know, with Amazon and, and for mine, I, I have it just exclusive at Amazon at the moment. But mm-hmm. it's, you know, they do a lot of promotion. They, I did a free giveaway. I actually have a free giveaway of the girls on Rose Hill coming up this holiday weekend. So I'm hoping that will get me some exposure. But, you know, it's great. It's like a brave new world. And I'm kind of sorry I didn't do it sooner, but I wasn't ready. You know what I mean? I think yeah. I I thought self-publishing was so daunting. I was like, how can I possibly do all this? But I think over the past few years, there are people out there, because people always try and make money, right, who oh, are sure. now out there, you know, providing these services. So you can outsource what you can't do yourself. So I don't Absolutely. know. We'll see. It's exciting, isn't it? It is. And I will say I'm really glad I think I'm a firm believer of everything happens for a reason, and I I truly believe that it was the best for me to go with a traditional publisher first mm-hmm. and then self-publish second because had I gone the other way, I would not have understood a lot of the editing pieces and how important the, the back cover blurb and, and some of the other things that you really – learn going through the traditional process. And I know readers are very quick to jump on books that have a lot of errors or that, you know, have loops in the story that don't quite connect. And so I, I'm very grateful for the, the opportunity I had trying both out in the order that I did. Yeah, no, you know what? I agree 100%. I learned so much from my editor at Lyrical, Mary Murray, who I actually interviewed in the show. And you can, if you check out the archives, you can listen to her interview. And she had a really interesting perspective. Um, and also from Re- Renee Rocco, who mm-hmm. I interviewed on the show as well, who um, was a former owner of Lyrical Press and now works in Kensington. But yeah, no, I agree. I, I think you really do learn so much. And like I said, I'm not, I'm not foreclosing. Uh, possibly pursuing traditional publishing in the future. I you know, I may. I'm working on a book right now that I think may be suitable, more suitable for um traditional publishing than some of the other stuff I've done. So, you know, it's there's a lot out there and it's exciting, you know what I mean? I I just oh, yeah. I'm so happy that I discovered writing. It's just added such a dimension to my life. And when you're you know, you're probably in the same situation as I am in terms of you're working, so all your whole day is given to your job, and then you come home and your whole night is given to your family. And uh-huh. writing is a way to carve out some of your you time, you know? Yes. It's, and there's always something to do. You're never bored, right? Because you can always right. be on Twitter or doing some kind of promotional activities. You know, why don't, why don't we talk a little bit about what you've done in terms of promotion? Okay, and I, I am by no means the poster child for the right way to do promotion. I, I kind of really look around and see what other people are doing, and and uh, I have a coworker who always jokes about doing R&D, and it's not um, it, it's rip off and duplicate in, in our terms. But um, I have, I'm trying to think, when Flirting with Fire came out, I, I had a wonderful friend, um, Natalie Ellis, who wrote Fear for Hire this summer through Avon, and and she is just terrific. She had done a fantastic job of getting to local media, and she gave me a list of all sorts of email contacts. So the night before Flirting with Fire went out, I put it out there, and, um, and that next morning, 
by 5 o'clock, I had two emails waiting from local radio stations who wanted to do interviews. And I was I was flipping out. <laughs> so I'm like doing interviews in my pajamas the, the the day of release, and I was just I was floating on cloud nine. So that was a lot of fun. Um, usually, though, I, I do more Twitter. Um, I've done free days on Amazon. Um, I've done some Facebook giveaways. My blog. Um, so I. I, we have a local author fair coming up here in Fort Wayne. The Downtown Library does a wonderful fair um, the past couple years now in November, and so we get to go and meet the public, and I'm really excited about that because my stories are set in Fort Wayne, and I use oh. real locations from Fort Wayne in them. Sometimes I tweak the name a little bit, but I've had a whole lot of fun this year taking pictures of sites that were in my book and putting it on Facebook and saying, you know, this happened in this scene, do you remember that? So it's been a whole lot of fun to really pull in the local atmosphere. So I'm really looking forward to this local author fair to be able to really help highlight Fort Wayne once again. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. That's fun. Well, you know, sometimes I, I find it very helpful to set my books in where where I know, where, where I know very well, um, because you can get the the nuances. Like a lot of my books are set in Long Island because I'm from Long Island, and I also set my um, my Devlin Legacy series in Ireland, where my parents used to have a summer home. And so sometimes, you know, I think when you have put your book in a setting that is so familiar to you, it kind of frees you up to like you know focus on making up other parts. You know what I mean? Like, is oh, that I totally like agree. Why you chose um, chose Fort Wayne? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, yeah that's so definitely. I didn't have to world build. I mean, some of it to a, a little extent, but it was really fun putting in little hints. And then the people I know here in town that have read the books, they're like, oh, I caught that. I caught that. And I've been there. And so that's really exciting because now I'm getting feedback. And I know, you know, the, the overall population of the world is teeny, teeny, you know, Fort Wayne is very small compared to, you know, worldwide. But to see somebody out on the street and them go, hey, I remember the part in your book, I mean, that just makes my whole day. So I, that's so worth it to me. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fun. Now, in terms of your heat level, where where would you put your heat level of your books? I, my heat level is not super high. I'm, I'm a little more on the flirty side. And I was trying to think of an analogy because I'm all about analogies. I My books are more fog up the windows of the car you know we're we're building up to it and the windows are fogged over and now I'm letting the characters have their moment <laughs> behind the fog so um, if you're looking for a really spicy romp uh, that's not my books just yet I can't say that I won't grow into that but for me uh, you know I still gotta go to church and go to the grocery store with these people that know me and if I'm setting the books in Fort Wayne they're definitely knowing me so yeah, well, that's the benefits of a pen name. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but yeah, no, I was, I was, I kind of took a similar tack to my first book. But believe it or not, once you crack open that door, it's, uh, it's, it's easy. It's easy for it to take, take hold. So you never know. Your next book might go. be different, right? <laughs> sure. Now we're running a little bit on uh, short on time. So why don't you tell people where they can find you online? Okay, online you can find me at my website, which is www.kirajacobs.wordpress.com. 
and that will have links to all my Twitter, Facebook, Amazon links. My books are available on Amazon right now. Um, the first book is actually available on Barnes & Noble and iTunes as well. Um, and my Twitter handle is Kira Jacobs Books, as is my Facebook handle. Okay. Well, that's great. Well, Kira, thanks so much for joining. Um, I, it's really been a pleasure, and it's nice to interview a fellow Kensington author. So and please well, thank like, you nice, so very much. Yeah, no, this has been a pleasure. And please make sure um, when you have books coming out, let us know. Drop me a line or, or post something on the Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books Facebook fan page because I think people hey, I like will do. Yeah, we like to. I like to update people on on how my guests are doing. So thanks again so much. Um, just want to remind everyone again. I finally have got on the stick and I've organized some interviews. So I think it's going to be a really great fall, and I'm going to um, interview some really interesting folks um, for the rest of 2014. So all the information on my upcoming interviews is on the Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books Facebook fan page. Also, wanted to remind people about my books, uh, my Kensington titles. Gold Coast Wives, which is a nice, fluffy, romantic comedy, which is very much a uh, kiss and close the door. Uh, that is available on Kensington. And then my four-book uh, paranormal series, The Devil Legacy, those four books, Devil's Mountain, Devil's Shore, Devil's Daughter, and The Devil and Witch are all available. And my latest self-published title, The Girls on Rose Hill, is also available, and as I said, this weekend, it, for, for the holiday weekend, it will be free on Amazon, so please check that out. I will also post some information about the girls on Rose Hill on my Facebook fan page. So again, I'm so pleased to be back. This is Bernadette Walsh of Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books, and I will see you next time. Bye-bye.